we're going to talk to you about Springbrook. Uh, may talk to you a little bit about your pop. Uh, talk to you about your NFL career, your uh, days at Ohio. Talk to you about Chase Young and what we doing. You know I'm getting Chase in there. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, eight. Hey, Monica, I told this boy back in the day, you got a young dog coming up there. He going to eat. He's the best thing to ever come out of Ohio State, period, besides Sean. Wait, that for real? That, that could be possibly true. For real? We got some great ones. We got some great ones. What's good? I can't wait to step to the mic. Come on, Monica. Let's go. Folks, we got another edition of the Step to the Mic podcast coming at you. Monica McNutt, Andre Jones with you. This week, our guest, you know the hook on this pod, is DMV, born, raised, bred, on to be successful and represent. Uh, this week's guest, 13-year NFL career, uh, a Pro Bowl selection, uh, went to Springbrook High School. There's a bunch of other accolades that we're going to get into. He sported the burgundy and gold for four seasons. Uh, he is the one only... Sean Springs. Sean, how you feeling? Big time, Sean. What's up? What's up? We stepping to the mic. Hey, hey, y'all know I'm like Peter Green now. You know I get on this mic, I might say anything. Tell me what I can and cannot say, Dre. You know how I go. Well, Monica already set the table about all your accolades, so let's listen to everybody. We're going to let you talk, but Springbrook was the launching pad. Your father was at Howard University coaching. Running backs, DBs at Howard, you're over at Springbrook. Bring everybody up to speed. You come into the DMV and bam. Lay yeah, man. You know, for the legendary coach Bob Malloy, man, give a shout out to the Springbrook Blue Devils. But it came down. I, I was uh, I grew up in the Washington, DC area, I lived with my mom, and I actually went to Ohio for two years. Then my dad wanted to bring me back down for the DMV to go to high school. And I went over to Springbrook High School and I went to DeMatha High School. And uh, I was torn until I went to Springbrook and saw that they had some pretty girls in Montgomery County and DeMatha was an all boys school. So I said, you know what? <laughs> this is an easy decision for me at 16. You know what? I got to do what I got to do. Coach Malloy, you know, he gave me some Skittles and told me to run, baby, let's go. So uh, I had a great career uh, at Springbrook High School. I was fortunate enough to be one of the kids out of this area to go to the Ohio State where you know, I had a pretty good career, all Big Ten, academic. The thing I'm most proud about is I was academic, all Big Ten, twice while I was at school. And then I got drafted to uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And um, uh, the highlight of my career was playing in seven years in Seattle where I was drafted, where I kind of went from a young man to a man. But the best part and the highlight of my career was when I came back home to play for the Burgundy and Gold because, you know, I love being in Seattle. But uh, it was no greater feeling coming back to uh, Washington, trying to, um, you know, just play in front of my home team fans and stuff like that. And although we didn't win the championship, I had a great time, played in a great defense, and uh, tried to get one more a Super Bowl by going to play with my man Tom Brady. But I should never put all my eggs in one basket listening to a Michigan man. That was a one-year <laughs> New England loss. So maybe it's me, but it could have been that, you know, Ohio State and Michigan, we just don't mix, baby. So Now, yeah, Sean, I don't it. want our, our listeners to get away from it. Your father was also a standout yeah. football player at Ohio State. Talk to us about your dad growing up, knowing yeah. he played with the Cowboys. You know, fill us in on all that. Yeah, man. So my dad, Ron, played nine years in the NFL, and I was fortunate enough to follow in his footsteps. He trailed, trailed, blazed the trail for me where he went to Ohio State, and he was a team captain. And 
one of the reasons uh, when I went to live with my dad and we came back to this area because my dad took the coaching job over at uh, the Howard with Coach Steve Wilson. So, uh, and my dad had played nine years in NFL. So I was fortunate, you know, just to kind of grow up in the locker room, Dre, being around the Tony Dorsets, being around the Tony Hills, Drew Pearsons, Ed Tutal Jones, all the, I know all the, the Washington faithful know those names because there were some battles back in the day. So I, I grew up in a Cowboys fan and ironically, man, you know, how, how the world works. My dad has so much respect for Coach Gibbs, Dre, and Monica, when I, I came up for free agency, my dad was like, man, you know, you're coming back to D.C., but Coach Gibbs is a great man and we always had some battles. So even though he played for the Cowboys, the respect he had for just the, the Washington fan base, just for Coach Gibbs and Coach Bukes and some of the coaches that we had on our staff allowed me to make a comfortable decision to uh, come play uh, in the Washington, back for the, for the Washington football team. But, uh, um, but, but that's just an example of the type of influence he had on my life, but all my life, man, he was just, you know, I was fortunate where, you know, a lot of people look up to professional football players and, and my dad was a professional football player, but Dre, I'd never looked at him as a professional football player. Hell, he was harder on me about school than <laughs> about football. So he was, he was one of those, you know, dads that, you know, he was just never pushing on me, but he said, if you're going to do it, go out there and be full speed and, uh, you know, and uh, and just give it your all. So he was a big influence in my life, you know. The legacy, Sean, I mean, and Monica, I don't mean to dominate, but, uh, you know, Sean, I got a little bit of a relationship. So with your legacy, going to a place like Ohio State with so much expectations, people know who you are. You played with Big Daddy. You played with Eddie George. Yep. Those were some great, great games and great teams that you played with. Put us in that mindset of what it's like to come through that tunnel, put the <laughs> Buckeye on the helmet, right? Yeah. And put the Scarlet and Gray on and go out there and play on Saturdays. I mean, because, Sean, again, yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but you set the standard for cornerbacks at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Cornerback, cornerback you, uh, like, like we like to say. You know what? You, you know, I thought I knew about it because my dad, you know, you know, all my life kind of told me about Ohio State. But until you experience it yourself, until you you run out of that tunnel for the first time, <laughs> you're like you're like in awe. You know, in high school, I might have played against five thousand people, you know. But then when you go out there for the first time, you're in front of 100,000 people. You know, it, it's just an incredible feeling. But, you know, I tell people all the time. You know, it's real because you think you're the man coming out of high school and then all of a sudden, you know, I tell this story all the time. The first time I was up at Ohio State, we we were up there early because we were freshman, Dre, and I'm out there doing my thing, killing, you know, repping the DMV. I'm out there <laughs> killing the young receivers, right? I'm a freshman. I'm like, man, if college is like this, I'm already the man. It's going to be easy. <laughs> you know, they were freshmen too, so... Uh, first, the first after three days, that you know the juniors and older kids come in, and you know, with freshman camp is over, and we had some corners there. I didn't even know who, know their name, Dre. They trying to step out. I said, man, listen, I got it. You sit here and watch me, you know, vet. You know, I'm the new, I'm the new, I'm the new, I'm that dude right now. Just relax. Right, right, and right. So, so you know, I jumped out there, and they were willingly let me say, go ahead, man, go out there, young fella, step out there. First dude I get out there, you know, he hit me with a yak, yak, yak. 
caught a little slant on me. I said, man, well, you know, my legs ain't where they need to be. I had y'all fresh. I had three days of practice. I said, don't worry about it. Let me tie my shoes up or something. Second dude, get out there, man. I'm out there playing one-on-one with him, Dre. He runs a fade on me. He tapped me on the shoulder. He said, wait right here. I'll be back. You know, catch the fade on. I said, man, my leg, I got to ice my legs after practice because you got to, I don't believe it. <laughs> you know, this is not real. Now, the other, you know, at this time, and so the third dude get up, I was like, man, this dude got, he light skinned, curly hair, looking at I'll be sure. You know, he out here looking like I'll be sure. Yeah, shoe strings ain't tied. I said, man, I'm about to jam this dude to sleep. Man, the dude hit me with a yak yak, come out, run a stop, come out, catch the ball one hand, bam, catch the ball on me. Man, I said, man, I can't, you know, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm sick for the whole practice. I go to the dorm room after the day is over. I called my dad. I said, hey, man, I don't know, man. This, this might not be for me. He said, man, who were the receivers? Who, who were these kids? The first dude's name was Joey Galloway. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, with a top 10 pick. The second dude's name was Chris Sanders. He was like number two in the nation in, in the 200 meters and went played for the Tennessee Titans. So he was a starting receiver. Uh, and then the third dude was a, a dude that we didn't even know about was Prop 48 named Terry Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad said, fool, you know, they're some of the best receivers in the country. So you just got your, your lessons learned. But that just goes to show you, man, the type of talent that we were dealing with. You're right. Well, I, I had a chance to see Big Daddy was on that team was the first pick. Uh, when I was there uh, in my class, uh, most people know about my man now because he's the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. I had Mike Rabel on that team. I had Ricky Dudley. I had Eddie George. I had uh, Orlando Pace, who was the first pick. Right, uh, right, and, right. And, and for me, it was about, you know, I just wanted to be the best because I, I, I knew the legacy of some of the people that came through Ohio State. And it's humbling when you – when you realize after the first three days that you thought you was going to be the man and you're 34th on that depth chart and you got to work. But, you know, I never lost faith because I just like, man, I believe in myself and I just grinded it out. And, you know, going against Joey Galloway every day, getting better. Next thing you know, you know, I'm one of the best DBs in, the co- in, in, in college football after about a year or two of being up there. And I just wanted to continue to the grind and, you know, if you see the legacy that we's left, give a shout out to my man Okuda, who went third overall this year. Jeffrey right. Okuda to the Detroit right. Lions. Uh, now time, my record of being the highest defensive back drafted. And uh, then Denzel Ward, a lot of more. Uh, a lot of guys have come through. Nate Clemens, Antoine Winfield, Chris Gamble. Um, you know, so we've had a, a nice legacy of defensive backs come through the program. And I'm proud to say, you know, I was one of the first to start that off. And, and again, I just want to jump in. So, again, two things, Sean. It sounds like the practice was more competitive than the games, right? But yeah. then you get two young pups down here, Chase Young. That's yep. my man. Respect. And yep. then you, you got uh, Dwayne Haskins. So yep. you know them intimately. You know them very well. Tell everybody how you showed them and told them what to expect once they went up there to Ohio State because they had great careers. Well, a lot of people know my relationship with Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne and my son Skylar are really good friends. Uh, when I first seen Dwayne, he was probably 10, 11 years old, and uh, he was in New Jersey at a passing camp. 
and him and my son were in the passing camp and he came up to me and shook my hand and said, hey, Mr. Springs, you know, nice to meet you. I, you know, I played with you on NCAA or one of the games and Madden or something. I said, okay, man. And, and I just took notice that this kid could throw the ball and develop a relationship with his dad. He's about 10 years old. And then I told his dad, I was like, man, you know, by time, and I just would go watch his games. So by the time he was a freshman, I was like, we got a kid, move this kid. This kid got a chance. So I brought him down to the DMV area, you know, took him in like my family and, and his family. We all became friends. And uh, he came down there and he believed in me. And I, and I, and it quite, believe it or not, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta let the fans know. I took him over to the math at first, man, but y'all had a quarterback. Y'all had a quarterback, Dre. I'm gonna, I ain't gonna let you lay that down. But, we, and you know, and honestly, to show the character of Dwayne, he wanted to go to Bullets because he had a little sister and she could go to Bullets. So, well, we got him into Bullets. And, you know, the story is from there. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, what he was doing up at Ohio State and then Chase followed, you know, Chase followed, you know, obviously Chase is probably, you know, if not probably the most, one of the most talented young men I've ever seen come through high school, college. And I believe, and you know, and I've told a lot of people this, he's a day one Hall of Famer. And I don't say that too often. You know, I've seen probably about three or four of those come across my life in my lifetime where I seen them and knew they, that they were uh, hall of fame caliber type athletes. The first person I can tell you wholeheartedly that was for me was Orlando Pace. The second person was uh, Sean Taylor and the third person probably was Chase Young. Now you, you know, rest in peace to my man S stop. But I mean, that's the type of level of athlete and, and presence that I think Chase Young is going to bring to the, the D.C. area, man. And I see, and I seen him in high school, and he was the same dominant college. He was dominant. And I think he's that type of athlete in the pro, will be that type of athlete in the pros. Will he get to be celebrated, though, Sean? Like, if the team can't figure it out in the new Rivera era, will we get to celebrate him for all that he brings to the table? Well, the good thing about a defensive end, you know, it's up to you know, you don't have to you don't have to rely on pass rush, you don't have to rely on somebody else as defense end. You can just put your hand down and go get the ball. And, you know, he is an instant impact. And I think that, you know, the one thing we have to do in Washington is not mess things up. <laughs> like, like, don't try to have him drop it back and cut. No. Have him going to get the ball. I think you'll see that he is a game changer, instant impact. Um, I think he's the type of kid can play here if they're smart. 15 years in the Washington, D.C. area. And, you know, he went to a program like Ohio State, and he's considered probably one of the top five, ten defense, best defensive players there of all time. I would argue probably top five, top three uh, defensive players of all time. You know, I want us to be disrespectful because we do have some Hall of Famers come out of that program. But – I think he's going to be – He's going. I think he's that type of talent. All right, well, we're going to see. So just for our listeners, I am here, and I am present, and I enjoyed the first four questions. And the beauty of podcasts, Dre, <laughs> is that Dre and Sean have an established relationship, so I just got to sit back and take that all in. But now we're going to redirect a little bit to some things of the present. And, Sean, the biggest story in the world, in, in sports, obviously, right now is the pandemic and dealing with coronavirus. Yeah. The NFL plans to move forward with the season, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, I, 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 mm. 
Yeah, uh, I think uh, everybody's like, you know, what's going to happen? I think all you can do is put in the NFL as as well as each individual organization. All you can do is put in the right protocols to keep the players safe. Okay, cut all that. Cut all that. Cut all that. Would you be playing? Oh, I'll go out there and play. Okay, so wait a minute. This is one through seven years, one through seven in Seattle, right? Yep. You would play, hands down. Yeah. The four years in D.C., you would play. Yeah. Last year in New England. Yeah. Really? No, no questions asked? Yeah, I probably would play, you know, but the thing I would do different would probably, you know, and, 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 and let me say this. It would all depend on where, you know, I was with my personal life and my family. If I had young kids and my wife was pregnant or something like that, that's something I would take in consideration. And if that was, you know, my first inclination is that I would be out there trying to play and because I'd be a healthy young athlete and I would be out there trying to get it done. But if the situation was where, you know, I had a wife that was pregnant or I had young kids, I would probably um, play, but I would, you know, that I would, pretty much quarantine myself for my family for maybe a couple months or whatever. I figured that out. And, I, and that's something that you could think about, you know, and and, it, and, it's, and I think it's uh, by every case is different and, and everyone has to take those things in consideration. All right. So that's the one piece of it. The other piece of it, particularly here in the U S is the social justice movement that yeah. we're being embraced by sports leagues and by professional athletes. Yeah. Um, NFL's had a terse relationship with that, though, Sean. Like, 2016, they could have been ahead of the curve if they did yeah. right back. But here we are. Um, right. What do you expect to see on that front? I mean, the NBA has done a tremendous job. Will we yeah. get anything of that caliber out of the NFL? Well, I, I think you're you absolutely right that NFL, I think they, you know, they know they got it wrong with the Colin Kaepernick the first time. And it would be really nice to come out and really have a few owners come out and say, yeah, we got this wrong. But I don't know if we can get that. But it was good to see Roger Goodell step up and say, hey, you know, at least speak on the behalf of the owners. And I think, you know, the players recognize now that that they have a platform, that they have an opportunity, just like what you're seeing in baseball, just like you saw the one kid in hockey, just like you're going to see in the NBA and WNBA. And I think the NBA is just the, 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 the shining star of the right way to do it, my personal opinion. I think those guys are doing it the right way. I hope the NFL players continue to to influence their communities, their organizations, their teams to use their platform, man. Because you know how it is. We, you, you know, every community is gonna look up to to the to the athletes, and I and I want these guys to understand this, man. You know, it's your duty to and your responsibility to be a, a positive influence in the community. Sure, sure. And then we talk about so many different topics: the social justice movement the coronavirus movement. But the big thing here in the DMV is also the name change. Yeah. We, we all grew up Washington Redskins. Yeah. Now it's the Washington football team. Right. Long overdue. Should that have been done maybe 10, 15 years ago? And now that it's done, how difficult is it for us? Yeah. They're no longer the Redskins. Well, you know what? You know, that's something I thought about, you know, when I played, you know, I really didn't understand, you know, or really dive into if it, if it was offensive. I didn't know. And I think now when I look back on it and I hear the people saying it was 
offensive. And then I heard some people say it wasn't offensive. But obviously, if there's any question that that offends any any man, woman, race, whatever, whoever it offends, then you know something needs to be done, and a change needs to happen. And 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 I'm glad that you know you know that the organization has made the right decision to go with the Washington football team uh, and make an immediate change. Obviously, they got an opportunity to continue to to think about the branding and what the, the final name should be or keep that as a name. But my thing was, you know, in 2020, you know, people have a voice. Organizations are going to be are held accountable. The Redskins got a few issues going on with, you know, um, uh, the, the women and um, sexual harassment cases to name change. So at the end of the day, uh, the Washington football team is an organization that's, that's, loved um you're talking about a faithful fan base and they deserve better dre they deserve people they deserve a good name they deserve uh organization do the right thing to be so the people of the washington dc area the dmv can respect them you know um and it starts internally it starts from the top you know i think mr snyder realizes that you know in 2020, this <laughs> what's happened before overlooking things can can no longer happen. Right, and and yeah, you see some of the changes that they're making in the organization. You know, they got rid of the the bad actors. You know, they brought in uh, new face images of the organization. You know, Dre, you had a chance to work with Julie. You know what she stands for. She's a powerful woman. Um, you know that she has a powerful story to tell. That you know that she's going to to do her best internally to uh, make change. Um, so I'm excited to see moves like that. Um, and, and, and I know they got more changes that need to be making and it's gonna be a process and <clears throat> we deserve the best here in Washington DC area. Okay. Dude, I heard that you are with the Senators or Warriors. Senators is not a football name, Sean. Like that, I don't care about red, white, and blue and DC teams. Like that doesn't work for me. Yeah, I know you're right about that, but I figure the Federals and Cap, I mean the Nationals and Capitals won, so maybe that rubbed off on them. But hey, guess what? We got two years or a year to think about it. You know, I was just trying to. <laughs> hey, I was trying to get anything. I'm trying to get a win. You know, you can call us. The Ghostbusters, if they're going to bring a Super Bowl. I don't care. You know what I mean. <laughs> Sean, Monica and I was talking before we got started. You mentioned that you played with some, arguably some of the best football players that ever played with this organization. Monica is good friends with Clinton Portis. You know, you talk about Sean Springs. I mean, excuse me, Sean Taylor, Sean Springs, LeVar Arrington. Give us a mindset of that time period, playing for Coach Gibbs, playing for that team, that organization, that defense those players, those personalities. What was that like? <laughs> well, everybody knows Clinton is weird and different. <laughs> you know, I got to give him a hard time. You know, he was on the offensive side of the ball, man. Now, you know what? You know what I respect, man? Coach, when Coach Gibbs came back, much like you about to see with Coach Riviera, it was one thing, and it was one thing not only that matters, football. It was about playing football. He didn't care. What you said you were going to do, he needed to see what you were going to do. And it was about going out there, putting in the work every day, trying to figure out how to get better, encouraging your teammates, uh, eliminate the distractions, get things done. So it was about football with Coach Gibbs. 
Don't worry about it. somebody blowing you up. That ain't CP blowing you up, is it? You, no. you know, it, it happens. It happened. Tell him he would. His big head self would love to uh, disrupt one of my interviews too, because he know I'll be killing him. But anyway, so you know, then you had you know Sean Taylor. I mean, one of the, you know, you know, everybody seen his his football story. Great kid. You know, I saw him, had a chance to spend five years with him. I was in the defensive back room for all five years with him. Spent a lot of time talking to him, seeing him grow from a young man to to a father and friend and uh, inspiration. And I think the sky was a limit for him. And, you know, LeVar was just a beast, man. I think that, you know, he, he hurt his knee and then he had a little dispute with the team and everything over his contract. But, man, we had a good group. It was a family Fred Smooth, Marcus Washington, um, uh, just I can name Philip Daniels, uh, London, London. Um, um, man, we just had some some guys who were just who just loved to play football and all just love area. And, and you know, I used to tell them, "You man," because I would go out to love every now and then, you know, just to have a little. You know, I'm a little free time spot. I would want to love, and I would tell them the people, the, the people love you, baby. The people love you. we got to. You can't be sorry and showing up to the Republic Garden to love. You know, DC Live Platinum. And that, that's the, you little too old for me. I ain't hang out with DC Live. I, I'm, I, you, you oldest. <laughs> you was at Ibex too, wasn't you? Yes, sir. Chapter three, all that. <laughs> and you know, you know, I went to you know I went to elementary school right by Crystal City, so you know. <laughs> crystal skates, crystal skates. You know, I went to elementary school right by Crystal Skate. Hey man, listen, man, Drake, stay out of trouble, man. I'd have told you to stay out of trouble. Hey, but, but Sean, but just just tell us this. And I, I, I hear for the passion in your voice about that those time periods. What didn't we know about? And I hate to keep riding this question, what didn't we know about Sean Taylor? Everybody, they knew him as a great athlete. Yeah, but, you know, what didn't we know? Because we saw a young man whose career was gone before it really got a chance to start. But the good thing about Sean, Dre, it was like, he, what you see is what you got, you know? I think, you know, he was one of those dudes, man, that like, he he, he was what he was. The, the thing about Sean, I don't think people really knew is how smart he was. You know, because people, you know, was like, man, he just out there playing football. You know, he played football early because he just could run to the ball and do things. But he was – the thing was, like, and not that he didn't have to learn football. He just – he knew football, but he had to know that how it affected and changed the game for other players because he was already knowing where he was going to want to go, but he had to learn how to affect other players. But he was going to the ball, man. He knew where the ball was going to be. Hmm. Hmm. Sean, how how's the game changed now? Do players – and we won't keep you much longer, but this is a question that I always sit down and, and, and try to study. Do the players love the game like you guys did? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think you know, the game is always going to be to the point where it is not easy to get there. So, you know, when you work that hard, I think the players love the game. You know, I think the players are a little different. We're in this new information world, this new social media world. So how you talk to the players and how they respond to you is a little different. But that's with all millennials in the workspace. It just, you know, and that's probably the same. That's probably the same way that my dad and them were saying about us. Like, man, you guys different, man. Yeah, we different because you know what? We make enough money where we don't have to show up to OTAs now, right? You know, so they probably thought we were spoiled. So uh, 
these these guys, man, and you see the guys who are the next generation of football players in this league. There's some studs, man. I tell you, that boy in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watson, the Lamar Jackson, repping Baltimore. You know, I mean, Dwayne is working hard to get in that group, but we got some young 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 goons <laughs> in this league that that that's that represents the league well from not only on and off the field so i'm pretty excited about the direction of where the league is going love that love that um so but your sons we got one that just transferred to arizona yeah um samari you're ready to get it uh get it going out that way what is what is that part of your journey now ben you watched your dad do it you got your sons following in your yeah. footsteps like, what's that part like but uh, it's pretty cool to see your kids play and grow up and turn into young men so uh samari and scholar samari's at arizona i don't think he's gonna play football this year he said he's gonna just go to law school and he wants to get in the ip so it feels good that i can talk to him about just you know what it's much more than just athletics and sports. And the scholars at Georgetown, he's going to start this year, if, if you know, in the spring when they have a season. And, you know, he's progressing and uh, he's pretty excited. And I got my daughter. She's a Nordstrom's model and she's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, and my 13-year-old, Shawnee Jr., who most people around here usually see him with me, looks like Russell Wilson, man, like a baby Russell Wilson around here. But, uh, um Man, you know what? The best part of my life, you know, the thing I, I, I want to be known for the most is hopefully a good dad, you know. Right, right. You know, and, you know, and if I get married again, a good husband. So good father, good good person in the community, man. That, that means a lot to me. Sean, talk to us real quick before we let you go about what you're doing to make the game safer. Yeah, yeah. My company, Winpact, uh, give a shout out to Evo Shield because it's baseball season. Just came out real nice products. If y'all are baseball fans, go out looking at our catcher's mask, catcher's helmet out of Evo Shield. They're shaping the future in baseball. But my company is uh, Winpact. We're a technology and material science company. We focus on um, impact solutions for products. Uh, think for, for y'all guys out there, think Gore-Tex for impact protection, right? We don't necessarily make the the, the product, we make the patterning system inside of it. But we work in the sports, automotive, and, and, and Department of Defense. And the thing I'm most proud about is, you know, my mom was in the military, so working with the Department of Defense and on soldiers' helmets because, you know, um, traumatic brain injury and PTSD is real with soldiers and football players and won three awards with the NFL and get to work with, you know, a lot of the top universities in the uh, – in the country from Wake Forest, Ohio State to NC State, Duke. Um, I was in India for 12 days. I got factory partners, relationships in China. And, you know, I never thought, you know, of my wildest dreams that I'd be leading a company with engineers and industrial designers and, and, and some of the young, most brilliant people in the world, man. These kids are smart and, they, and, they, and they're making the world safer by understanding material data and impact. Right. Monica, before we let Mr. Springs go, you got anything else? I'm all set. That was, that was uh, hey, Monica, don't be complaining about that red, white, blue, and you got that sweet red hoodie on. She's a Hoya. She's a Hoya. I know. No, I, no, I'm going to hold her accountable. She got the, the she knows she like that red and white. It look good. Yes. You trying to say the witness don't look good? 
I don't. I just the senators threw me. If it's red, white, and blue senators, I. But you're right. If we win it, come on, you could be the American flag for all I care. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Sean. Before we let you go, give us your best Michigan Ohio State story, because it's not even a rivalry anymore. It's one sided. But Harbaugh said this year it's going to start to go back this way. I don't know. You tell me, Sean. You tell me. <laughs> For those listening, that is a blank stare. <laughs> Only thing I know is Harbaugh says it's the Dubs coming back this year. That's all I know. You're still you're still our guy, though. Don't even worry about it. Right. I'm going to drop the mic on step to the mic. How about that? I'm out of here, man. I'm gone, man. Hey, you're the best. You know we love you, man. Thank you for spending time. Thanks, Sean. Man, you're, you're a class act, Sean. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, man. Thank you.